0: Hey, 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 beings. You are listening to the Self-Tivity Podcast. I am your host, Danny, your self-investment storyteller. Today's episode features a special guest who will be a valuable participant in our being-to-being self-tivity segments. The being-to-being segments are a fun way to connect with beings who are open-minded, enjoys thought-provoking questions, and perspective-shifting concepts. I also invite entrepreneurs and business owners who have a thought, product, or service that contributes to our self-investment journey in the areas of personal growth, mindset, well-being, entrepreneurship, and or financial empowerment. Guests will participate in our being-to-beings activities bi-weekly, so be sure to follow so you don't miss out on all the fun. Let's find out who's on today and what self tv experience they will present to us. Are you I am. And who is our special guest today? We have Miss Tina Fumo. She is the author of the book, Fancy Prison, calling BS on the child welfare industry. Tina thinks all children are beautiful and deserve the utmost of our attention, energy, and care. Her book is a call to action to solidify what is already so positive and so loving about our country and move forward as one with our children firmly by our side. So I got that from uh, your book summary. Is that okay? <laughs> oh,
1: that's Pretty much wrote that somewhere, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that sounds and, familiar. <laughs> and to, and and to clarify, Danny, I'm Canadian. Our, okay. So my yeah, my book was uh, our story takes place in Canada, but I think it's universal to any country right now. That's Experiencing uh, problems with this system. I know Canada's not the only one. Yeah, you're in the U.S., right?
0: Yes, I'm in the U.S. I did see that you were Canadian-based or Canada-based, and I was wondering if there were any differences because I know I have my perspective of the child welfare industry. And usually, when I hear of Canada, I kind of hear a lot of good things, but I don't live there, so I'm only going by you know word of mouth. So when I realized that it was in Canada, I was like, really? I thought Canada was like golden and <laughs> <laughs> the happy place. Why? Why There are some problems there, but I guess you have to expect that there's going to be issues and problems everywhere when we're dealing with human beings. Yes, that we do.
1: Yeah, it's a complicated issue. Yeah.
0: So what we're going to try to do today is we, it is a heavy topic, but we're going to play a little self-tivity game. So I'm inviting Tina to the self-tivity stage for our being-to-being experience. If you are a first time listener, the being-to-being segment are self-tivity games where I get to know another being, beings or mindful entrepreneurs and mindful business owners through intentional games. Today we are playing the game, our thought or their thought, but how is the game played? So I will share a quote related to the challenge welfare industry, and I'll tell you, it was kind of difficult. I was trying to make this lighthearted, but I still wanted us to get some input about how Tina thinks. And Tina's going to either respond with their thought. Their thought means she doesn't agree with the thought at all, so the thought belongs to the author. If she says our thought, it means she completely agrees, or the last option is remix. Remix is a quote that she may agree with partly, so she might need to add an additional layer to why she agrees or disagrees. Use a part of the quote or she can also use remix if she doesn't really have enough information to respond whether or not she agrees or disagrees so their thought again means it belongs to the author that's not my thought that's their thought our thought means okay we are here with one another we agree so if tina has the most points in our thought after our seven questions she's going to choose one of the quotes from our thought and argue the opposing side If she has the most points in their thought, she's going to choose one of those quotes and then argue the opposing side. And if she chooses remix category and she has most remixes for her. She's going to have to choose one of the remix quotes and then give her full explanation to why it was a remix. Does that make sense to you? Almost,
1: once um, we, I, <laughs> once feel like, I feel I feel, Danny. I feel like I need to be in class taking notes <laughs> so I remember. You know, and you know, sometimes when I'm thinking of all these getting like. This sounds so confusing, but I gotta make it fun.
0: (laughs) But once you play it, it's a lot simpler. So I probably need some expert to kind of make it make sense for me, because I actually have a game that's called Make It Make Sense. It's a a trivia game. But anyway, with this game, it's really do you agree or do you not agree? Mm -hmm. And agreeing means that it's our thought, and disagreeing means their thought. So once I read the first quote, you're going to respond, our thought, their thought, or remix. Once we finish with all seven questions, I'm gonna put a minute on the clock, and you're going to give your opposing argument or your review on why you remixed it. So we can go ahead and get started. Once you get started and you play, you're like, yeah, I get it, I get it. I, and I'll guide you along the okay, way. Right, I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. The first thought is here. Most child welfare agencies tend to embrace secrecy because the people who lead them tend to be mediocre and don't want you to see how poor a job they are doing.
1: Ooh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go.
0: Is it our thought, you agree, or is it their thought, you don't agree, or remix, you agree with some of it, but not all of it?
1: Uh, I'll probably have to do a remix. I agree with it mostly, but I know there are social workers out there who probably went into the field with the best of intentions and to try to help families who needed help. And I think that the reality of once they got in there it just wasn't what they expected. And it wasn't what they signed up for. Because I know I've talked to social workers, and they quit because when and they say, like, if when I was asked to take a child away from a newborn baby away from the mother, like I quit, like I I didn't sign up for that. And so I think that and I do agree with The aspect of what you had just said, because there is a lot of secrecy going on right now with the child welfare industry. And I think a lot can be said if it was conducted in a more transparent way and social workers were held accountable for their behavior. Okay, we got a remix on the board. Mm -hmm.
0: Second one. I think there should be better child support laws to make it easier for those single moms to support their children so they don't have to go on welfare. Our thought means you agree. Their thought, you don't agree. Or remix, you want to add some layers to it. And throughout the game, you're not going to add your layer to it. You're just going to simply answer our thought, their thought, or remix. And after the last question, you're going to choose one of those to go into clarity with.
1: Okay. I'm going to choose, again, a remix on that one. Remix. Okay. Next one.
0: The increase in tension brought on by media exposure to extreme cases of child abuse and neglect, and the resultant onslaught of bad publicity and negative attitudes toward the child welfare system, has contributed to burnout, insecurity, and high turnover among child welfare agency employees.
1: I'm going to agree with
0: that. Okay, our thought. All right. Next one. Reporting a family for not having what a child needs to thrive essentially amounts to reporting a family for being poor. Reporting parents, for example, for not pursuing dental care for their child makes little sense because child welfare services are now tied up with chasing up that report instead of providing the needed services and dealing with the real problem.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Okay. All right. Next one. There are different types and definitions of neglect around the country. Neglect can take the form of failing to attend school and not keeping up with necessary medical care. It can also take the form of not meeting the
1: emotional needs of a child. I think I'm going to disagree on that, just because I don't think I really understand the question very well. Neglect is neglect, so yeah, I'm going to disagree with that one, yeah.
0: Okay, next one. The child welfare system, like other powerful institutions, including law enforcement and the incarceration system, is under attack.
1: I'm um, not. God- or a remix. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with that again because I don't quite understand that one, yeah. Okay. And the last one is, once Child
0: Protective System removes children, it too often fails at providing them with nurturing, stable care in foster homes until they can be safely returned to their parents or placed for adoption in a timely manner.
1: I'm going to... Uh, That one's a remix. That
0: one's a complicated one. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So on the board, we have one, two, three remixes. To our thoughts and to their thoughts. That means for the next two minutes, we can choose one of the ones that she wanted to remix on. And then you can kind of elaborate on why you chose to remix. Yeah. So for the second one, you remix. And that one was, I think there should be better child support laws to make it easier for those single moms to support their children. So they don't want well, to know what that was. <laughs> so they don't have to go on welfare. The other remix was the last one once child protective services removes children it too often fails at providing them with the nurturing stable care and foster homes and so they can be safely returned to their parents or placed for adoption in a timely manner and i think the first one you already kind of remixed but you can choose which one of those you want to elaborate on
1: okay good because i'm confused now but anyway the one <laughs> I, the one i wanted to i could elaborate on all of them don't get me wrong but let's yeah. go back to the one about the media because that one and the media in the u.s might be different than the media in canada so let's elaborate on that one can you okay. read that one back to me sure all
0: right so the increasing tension brought on by media exposure to extreme cases of a child abuse and neglect and the resulted onslaught of bad publicity and negative attitudes toward the children welfare system have contributed to burnout, insecurity, and high turnover among child welfare agency employees?
1: Okay, so I'm going to take an aspect of that question, and I'll elaborate on it for, what did you say, one or two minutes? Two minutes. Two minutes, okay. And I, I do point this out in my book because it was definitely one of my husband's pet peeves. How there seems to be an imbalance in the media that they will go and so say that for example there's a parent who really needed to be investigated and they weren't and they ended up killing their own child. So the media is all over that and they get to the point where they all almost sensationalize how horrible this parent is and everyone's like oh my god like you know that child needed protection and everything like that and so they. blow that one case out of proportion to the point that everyone thinks that, oh, that's why we need child protection, is to go in and, and, you know, save that child before they're killed. And that was my husband's pet peeve, because that's such an imbalance, because then you have a case like our case that really needed some media attention, because what they were doing against us was borderline against the law, like they were, weren't were following their own policies. And we were so desperate to get some kind of justice and to get our baby back that we would go to the media and they wouldn't touch it with the 10 foot pole. So yeah, I don't know if my two minutes is up there, but I just want oh, to still have 53 yeah. seconds. oh okay i have another minute good yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) because and maybe in the u.s if that's the same approach that the media takes that they embellish it and then they'll be like blaming cps oh well you didn't do the job and maybe that puts undue pressure on them and then there just seems to be that imbalance that people who do want to tell their story they can't get the media attention or in the case of the baby on the cover of my book, she was taken from her mother, long story short, I do dedicate a chapter about her in my book. But long story short, she was taken from her mother at four months old, six days later, she died in foster care. And her mother was threatened to with jail time if she talked about or a $10,000 fine, she was uh, threatened if she went to the media and talked about her child dying in foster care. And she didn't care because of you know you'd already taken she felt you are, you took everything from me you took my baby girl now she's dead i'm going to talk about my kid even if I have to go to jail. And so they went to court and they did get the publication ban lifted, but that was them. They had to force the issue because the media would not cover that story until they got the uh, publication ban lifted from um, the threats that they received after the baby died. Wow.
0: So when you say that this is a story that you mentioned in your book, but you also said that you have your own story, are they the same or tell us a little bit about Yeah,
1: Yeah, they're intertwined. My book starts off with our story, which happened in 2017. So it wasn't that long ago. My granddaughter now, she's only four years old. And then it starts off with our story and Amar dealing with the child protective system. But intertwined with our story is the story of our friend Suzanne, who she was there to help us. She was our friend and advocate, and she helped us get the happy ending to Mm. our story, but it came at great expense to her because she learned how to deal with the system through great loss to her because she has two little boys that she was trying to adopt and now they're bouncing around the foster care system. And then there was another story of another mom whose children were taken. And then we helped, Suzanne and I together, helped give her advice and advocate for her. And she eventually won. So the scorecard now for that is what? uh, Two cases and, uh, no, three cases and two of us have gotten it back. And then I talk about Indigenous families in Canada and that one is like yeah a lot of them don't get their kids back and then finally I intertwined with um the story of Delana Sullivan which was something I did not even know about until maybe about two years after our case and then when it came time and I had met them her family her mother and um her grandmother at a child welfare uh The Child Protection Forum. And when it came time to writing the book, and I was trying to decide what the cover of my book should look like, because I didn't want to put a picture of our baby on it. I wanted to put a picture of a baby who had suffered greatly because of it, because she's no longer here. So that's why. And they were very honored when I asked them if I could use a picture of Delana for. The cover and our friendship has grown and changed since then because I you know I had to work with them and ask them more details about you know what happened with Delana. but that's all they have left is her memory so they were like they're just wonderful wonderful people you know to have worked with all the people you know everyone that was involved all the moms who shared their story with me and the in my book they're like all of them great and just to be have been that vulnerable and honest and to share their pain and their triumph too for the ones that did win
0: yeah so when someone picks up your book what do you want them to take away what is your ultimate message
1: Well, it depends on the person. If it's a family who are dealing with this system right now, what I would like them to have is hope. Read my book. Even if you can get one detail in my book that helps you and gives you hope, then that's good. For anybody else who doesn't deal with the child tax system and you have money and you have privilege and you have resources, read my book because you need to understand how your taxpayer dollars are being spent on the system that is failing children. There are hundreds of children dying in foster care. Yeah. So in what ways have
0: you identified maybe three major ways do you feel like the system is BS? Like you want to be have clear, distinct?
1: Yeah. So I outlined this in my book book, it's interesting that you would choose three, because let me make sure I can remember this. <laughs> um, because there, I found there was a big disconnect between the policies that they come up with in their offices, and then what they actually apply and what the social workers guide in their behavior, because to me, they weren't following those guidelines. So number one is how they take the child as the last resort. Absolute BS. To me, that was the first thing that they did was to take my granddaughter when she was 14 days old and then they just wait to see what kind of explosion they caused by doing that because we were shattered and then just watch us as we pick up the pieces of our shattered lives, which we were able to do, but not everyone is in that position. So that's number one. They take the child as the last resort. Number two is how they we work with families to keep the child together. Again, I saw no evidence of that, nothing at all. If anything, they were working against us, looking for weaknesses between my daughter and I that they could exploit. And yeah, I just, I call BS on that because I just saw no evidence of that. And then the third one I think is... Subjective, but how they work in the best interest of the child. Hmm. I think that when you treat me, a grandmother who dropped my life to be there for my daughter, I have no criminal record, no history of drugs, no alcohol, nothing, nothing. I'm a very educated woman, no reason at all to have taken my granddaughter from me Mm -hmm. and be treating my daughter the way that you treated her, not to be listening to me at all, because I think I know my daughter. a little bit better than you. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm a little more invested in the best interests of my granddaughter better than you, okay? But they just seem to think that, yeah, we adhere to that. No, you don't actually. So yeah, I call BS on those three things.
0: (laughs) So if you were, I guess, given a position on a role in the child protective system, probably in Canada or just in general, Just I know I don't know how, what the logistics are for that. But if you were to kind of dissect it and say, this is the first thing we need to do in
1: order to heal this system where yeah that's a pretty heavy question um first i would listen i would do a lot more listening and my book is a start because i do start asking questions and i do start dissecting if you will um, that's the term you you use some of the really critical things that i had with the system but my book is a start because we got the baby back in 27 days which is a relatively short wow. time yeah this but is... i can assure you danny it was the longest 27 days of my life yeah. but it wasn't just that we got her back physically in 27 days it took almost a year to get our file closed so i have a lot of criticism. On the Canadian bureaucracy. And I have a lot of criticism in the beginning. I have a lot of criticism on how they validate phone calls coming in like one of the exam going back to some of the examples that you used about okay a phone call made if the child doesn't get dental work and how poverty is so yeah so validating those calls because if a call is being made and someone's poor poverty is not equal to neglect okay yeah so, yeah so to me that they seem to be taking that one negative thing and then they embellish it and then they make that the big picture rather than objectively looking at you know all these different areas and helping with little things here and there so that the overall big picture is to keep the the family united you know and parenting is a skill i mean nobody yeah yeah yeah, we don't yeah, we don't have our babies and instantly know how to parent. It, it's a yeah. skill that we learn over time. And okay. for the life of me, I don't understand why the social workers, in, in our case, they expected perfection from my daughter right away. I'm like, she, she she's had her baby for two weeks. Seriously? Yeah. like, You're not going to give her a chance, and you're not going to give her any time to figure this yeah. out? Like, So, and I don't know if you can go into this in detail. I
0: don't know if it's something that you want to share for your book, but what caused them to get involved in your case? What they we think it was? I'm sorry, get involved with you guys at all to create a case?
1: Yeah, we think that the initial call was made against my daughter that she was a meth head, Uh and they coerced a signature from her and went into her health records from her pregnancy uh, tests or from sorry her um, urine tests from when she was pregnant and those tests were coming back clean after the baby was born they took a sample of the umbilical cord and tested that and it was clean and my daughter's telling the social workers look i I I don't touch meth. I never have, and I never will. So they're getting this physical evidence. They're hearing from my daughter that she doesn't use meth, so she doesn't really understand what these accusations are. But we still got hauled into court. And then they're investigating me, and I haven't done anything wrong here. I'm just here to hold my grandbaby and to find out what the heck is going on. So they're very, they hide their agenda. And again, going back to your question, because one of them was about secrecy. They're not very forthwith about what the reasons are. They keep them liquid because at first they opened the file based on this allegation. My daughter was a meth head. Then I got there. And then they took the baby away because my daughter breached her safety plan because she came to me with the hotel. And then when we go to court, the change the reason changed again that she was on. So you know, you know what I mean. It was just, it was always changing, and it would always sort of be Friday afternoon when they would come up with this. Oh, okay, now this is the reason why we're, you know, taking the baby or keeping the baby because now. And so I don't know. I think maybe there were five different reasons over the course of six months or whatever. Like it would just change quite regularly. Oh, so it was an
0: allegation that she was a method, but she never used no, method in life. No, no,
1: then- exactly. Yeah, no, it, no, exactly. And so to go back to your question of the um, how to dissect it, I think those original calls, there needs to be a better way to validate those originating calls. Consider the source. If it's a couple who are getting divorced, and this happens probably more than we know about or more than we like to admit, and the angry spouse will use child protection as a weapon against the other spouse to try to make their life miserable. And they're quite successful in making their lives miserable. Do you know what I mean? They use it as a weapon. Yeah. Uh,
0: I see. I see. So with it being so... So the child care welfare employees, they're already having so many caseloads, what benefit would it be for them not to make sure? That, I mean, I guess the benefit is that they don't want to have anything happen to the child because then you have cases where they feel like they didn't follow up on a case because they wanted to, you know, yeah, of the course the benefit of the doubt of not being a these these accusations being false. But at the same time if they weren't thorough with the process, then how do they know? Cause they're not in so I don't even know how to how they would even go about designing that system in order for it to be fair because on one side you have people who are using it as a weapon and then they're destroying families that way. And then the other side you have people who may or may not be destroying other weapons and family who families who can pretend that they're doing everything all right. Who yeah, can pretend that nothing oh, happened. Yeah.
1: Honestly, Danny, that's that's the million dollar question if you can answer that question it would <laughs> it would go a long way to, to providing better service for child protective services from my point of view and what i saw in our case and then uh, the number countless moms poor moms i saw in court i just think right now it's a one-size-fits-all attitude and that they just keep the children moving because the the funding follows the child yeah. so they're the not funding, the funding, the funding, yeah. Okay, it's, it's the funding, yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't know what genius came up with this funding model in Canada, but the more children in provincial custody, the more funding they get. Hmm. no way it doesn't yeah it doesn't really take a genius to figure out that hmm, yeah maybe your incentive is a little off on this you know so right on so right off the bat that funding model needs to be flipped on its head because it,
0: it really i mean as simple as that if you yeah. flip it ah oh, it's so weird though It's yeah, it so, i mean it's so delicate because i immediately was going to say well just flip it but then what happens when you flip it if you say something like well you get more funding for the less children you have here. Yeah. Then you have more cases of children actually in viable I mean, situations that are actually going to be detrimental to them. And then you have more cases where, you know, these children aren't being taken care of. It really is kind of getting to the root of the problem, which is like these, there needs to be something about parents being trained effectively to the best way that we can knowing yeah. that there's not one manual book, but especially parents who come out as a red flag. If someone gets a call and they kind of do an investigation, they should automatically be, well, since you've been investigated, maybe we should um, have these programs no matter if it was true or not. Everyone has to go through that program that's been, because well, how would that harm you? Because you would go through a program to help you be a better parent. Either way, it would be a win because you know that the training was somewhere a part of the process. You don't actually have to take the child away, but it could be some type of bridge. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the yeah. <laughs> the head it's, of
1: it, but yeah. I feel. Like I mean, it, de- it depends on the situation because if you're asking a, it, it really does. It depends if you're asking a parent to take these courses, but they need their job and then they need mm. their time. To yeah. and those aren't the courses that they need. Maybe they need courses in something else. Like, like it's just to me, I I can really only speak 100% about our case, and I know. And I, of course, I can talk a little bit about Suzanne's case. I can talk a little bit about Michelle, the, mm-hmm. the woman that we helped, and even talk about Delana, the little baby on the cover who died. But yeah. 100%, I can talk about our case because those other cases I just advocated for them. But our case, I was there. I'm. That was our case. She was. Our baby. And uh, anyway, I lost my train of thought now. Bye. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Bye. I know it's, 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 it's so much. <laughs> like it, it like my vibe right now yeah. is like we just had a conversation. I'm like, there's still not an absolute solution. So there's, oh, I guess you're I not even scratching the snowflake on the iceberg. Of Sometimes the I feel like it should be this simple. Like, why don't we just all be good to each other? You know, <laughs> like because the home base, taking care of the home. My issue is that uh, we have a lot of reliance on the system kind of solving the problem There's like we should have these individual systems in our family and our household that actually because there are families who may be low income that are able to make it work for their their children and not be in any situations and they are um, homes that are wealthy and they also should be reported to the system because one of the things is like well maybe it's poverty like I feel like poverty is a big issue and then the greed of money is a big issue of why we kind of have these type of problems in the world right we're talking about the child welfare system and you mentioned earlier which was a good point that if they did do these programs then what about them having their job and it's like well maybe that has something to do with the fact that our the system that we have to make money is a little mm-hmm. bit skewed you know? mm-hmm. that we don't even have time to really pay attention yeah. to building our families and putting better people out in the world so we don't have to have all these advocacies. Like, I wish that there were one day where we didn't have to have an advocacy for every single thing because there's so much trauma in here. Like, we, it should be a point where we don't even have to advocate for anything because everything is pretty much working its way out because we actually care. We're putting attention to it. We're going to the individual family and working on that family and we don't have mothers stressed, fathers stressed about work and that way they come home and then they have the impact on their children but, I mean, with a child welfare system, I mean, that's only one or two examples. Like, I don't even know. Like, for your example, there
1: was nothing going on, and you guys got wrapped up into the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah, no, it is. And I detail—I mean, I I go through—my I my book isn't about trashing social workers. Okay. I go through and I explain— what they did, their behavior, and I let the reader come to their own conclusion and the reader decides, does this make any sense at all? Because it sure as heck didn't to me. And yeah. <laughs> the one thing I think I conveyed quite well in my book is how incredibly confused I was. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I still don't really have answers why the heck they were doing what, what they did. But you, I think what you were just saying, though, Danny, is you bring up a good point about how important it is in our society that we pay attention and start building support systems and community a bit better than we're doing right now. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it's COVID or, I, you know, maybe it's the polarizing politics that we have, but maybe we're getting away from that too much. And like my background is Italian, okay? So when you think of Italian people, you think of maybe my childhood is a bit of a cliche, but <laughs> my mom was the best cook in the world and <laughs> we had pillars and there was always that sense of family and it was important that you had friends and family. And the and the community is revolves around children raising children. I mean that's something that uh, again in, in Italian culture a lot of pressures put on like women you know grow yeah. up in babies. So for the for the young twenty year olds and the thirty year olds that are out there raising our kids and they're like that they're our future you know and the, and so the twenty and thirty year olds who are raising kids and working they need to be supported they need support systems they don't need judgment. They don't need condemnation. And if they need help, like I I remember reading this, it was probably in a sermon in church or something like that. But the only time that you should be looking down at someone is if you're extending your hand to try to lift them up okay so I think maybe that's is that missing in our society that, that's, our community? Missing. that's missing and you know what's it's so
0: when you talk about make it that doesn't make sense to me and I, I kind of started this segment of like make it make sense to kind of get us to talk about different topics like this because when I think about somebody being condescending or judging another person I say well what better use could you have with that time that mm-hmm. you spend judging in yeah exactly yeah. what does it serve if you are i mean I mean, like even sometimes i mean i could be uh sarcastic sometimes just in, in fun but even sometimes you know the way that we interact with one another and we're, we're judging people based on their ex right they they did this and that makes them whatever you want to judge them for but it's like if they were to have a magnifier on your life they would be able to find something to judge you for. But just because it doesn't match up to the thing that you're doing wrong, you can look out to someone else and say, Oh, you're like, I can't believe they're doing that. But someone can easily yeah. look at your life and say, I can't believe that you're doing that. I, I, Why? Think, <laughs>
1: I think you just described projection. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, easy, sure. it's easier sure. not to deal with your issues if you're too busy yeah. judging other people. So yeah. And look at that, <laughs> yeah. that is my
0: major thing. That is my major thing. And I'm still working on what how I'm sharing what someone. Is But to me, it's like us all working on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because if we are working on ourselves, it's not a selfish thing. It's more like now when I'm getting back into the world, I don't have an opportunity to judge somebody because I am more intentional about the problems that I have or the healing that I've been through. And when I look, now I look at somebody and say, oh, they need help or they need someone to support them or maybe, you know, they don't need you to say anything to them right now. You're more attentive and you're more aware. And I feel like the way that the world is right now, and this is only from my point of view, I know everyone has different perspectives, but it's like, well, if we are all like trying to like make money so we can survive to live, a lot of people don't have time to say, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and most of the time, what's wrong with us has nothing to do with us. It has a lot to do with the System that we're all inside of yeah. that kind of calls all this division, that calls all this sadness, calls all this all this depression. It's like if we can collectively realize that, then maybe we can all kind of say, okay, we need to fix the system so we're not all acting like this towards one another. Yeah, That's doggy, doggy, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I, I guess it's been like this for a long time. So who's to say that is actually going to change? But I'm kind of like an idealist. I what is it called? It can't think of the word. Idealist. Idealist. Yes. Yeah about the world being able to to tap into that superpower that I feel like we all have
1: well it's, you're sure you're sharing it in your podcast you know to people who are, are are listening and may need need to hear about it so I don't think being an idealist there's anything wrong with it it's just yeah. when you're sh- when you're working on yourself and you have enough that you're overflowing that's when you can give to others like for example yeah, yeah, in, our exactly. case, yeah. in our case uh I'm so thankful that I we got the outcome that we did and then I was able to write a book about it because yeah. if our outcome had not, if we had not gotten our baby back, I would have been, I would not be here talking to you today. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, have yeah. been a broken grandma trying to figure out where my grandbaby was, you know, yeah. because, yeah, be, and I detail this in, in the book because we just could not figure out what the heck they were doing and somebody tried to register the birth of our baby and the the thing was that they would have changed her name right away so that it made it difficult for us to find her or one of the things that they do and i talk about um cps is uh in british columbia the province of british columbia it's called mcfd so it's ministry of child and family development so i talk about some of their tactics and one of their other tactics that they do is if the family's poor and they don't have a car and you know they're stuck uh, at home because they have their job and other kids they'll take that newborn baby and move it 100 miles away so it's difficult for them to maintain visits I mean these are these are just really they're really dick moves you know you don't like how is that helping the family you know? yeah, that's a good yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's just when I think about the system
0: and it's a lot of confusion, like you said, and it makes it hard for people to actually gain success from it. It's all—it's just counterintuitive. Like even poverty is a big issue, you know. And you have the system where people need the assistance, but the way that they get the assistance is difficult to get it. They don't understand the paperwork. They don't understand all of the the questions. They don't. And there's no training. There's no program to say this is how you get it done. This is how you get out of the system. I feel like that should be an ultimate goal mm-hmm. for the system is that we don't want you to stay on welfare. I mean, yeah. reference to poverty. Yeah. We don't, don't, even get me, me, don't even get me, don't even get me started. Know like eno- I know. You know what? We don't even have enough time. Yeah. Because You have to come back on. So I'm going to read your book. I'm going to read your book. So for, for everyone who's listening, we were going to have a little quick game to kind of introduce you um to Tina and, you know, her philosophy and her, her story. Um, but we, we ended up getting into the conversation. So I want to kind of go ahead and sway this in a direction that it was supposed to go, because we're going to have to have you back on Tina. After I read the book, I really want to have a detailed discussion. Um, just so that I know more about your story. I know this was kind of like surface level with the game and just getting to know you before our ultimate interview. So right now, why don't you just go ahead and share how people connect with you and also read the book with me, um, and hopefully come back, um, with me to kind of get some more insight about your story sure. and then it, just go ahead and close out with that self-tivity statement um, that we talked about before
1: uh, okay you're going I'll, I'll start with the book again and then uh, remind me the self-tivity is okay. my sure. mon- I think it's my mantra or whatever so yeah, my yeah. Book. After you tell- yeah go ahead
0: yeah. I know I got you all over the place you're in
1: school go ahead and- that's okay We're, we'll like, wrap it up we'll, we'll wrap it up everybody I think we've been talking
0: for a while now this is <laughs> practice for me like I, I like shows like this where it's like what, what are you talking about because now i, I go back and i like okay let me make this clear so thank you so much for this
1: oh my goodness you're not gonna believe it the little girl in question just walked in no way she so, uh-huh. Is so, she even- <laughs> wanna- are you okay I mean, with her maybe, on the screen? maybe we'll just put her mask on just so you know her identity's hidden a little bit yeah 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 we'll, uh, we'll do a, a little snapshot papa, papa can you help put her mask on and then no. we'll show her Thank thing Put your mask on, okay. Um so yeah, the way that they can find my book is uh, just Google Fancy Prison by Tina Fumo and be specific about my name because if you Google Fancy Prison, you're gonna end up like with guys serving out country club, you know, prison stuff. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. We'll we'll get your mask in a second. And uh so yeah, Google Fancy Prison by Tina Fumo and then I'll come up with the link to get the book. It will come up on how people can contact me uh, if they have questions about the book and it will come up with videos like this one here and the the video that you'll advertise in the future for uh, other interviews that we do. So I'll uh, just pause it for a sec and then I'll grab my granddaughter put her mask on and then we'll uh, I'll just give you a a quick self-tivity statement okay. Yay you got it. (laughs) Hello, how are you? Say hi, Danny. <laughs> so, my, I, <laughs> I guess my self-tivity statement is show up for life, just show up. Just do your best and show up. Don't check out. Don't give up. Show up for life and live life intentionally and just do the best you can. If you're a parent, if you're working, if you're in a relationship, just don't lie to yourself. Do the best that you can and admit when you've made a mistake because that's the only reason. That's the only way you grow, you know? Yeah.
0: And I love it. And for the listeners who have who are here for the first time, a self-symmetry statement is it's my design of an affirmation where you don't only just say your affirmation, but you say something intentional that supports your affirmation with an action. So if you're out there and you have a goal in your life, don't just say that you want it or you, you think that it's going to magically come to you, but how are you going to be intentionally involved in it um, coming true for you? Um, and that's with anything. This could be a daily self-serving statement. If today you just want to make sure that you maintain a positive head, how are you going to do that intentionally? Uh, you know, when I, when someone speaks to me negatively, I'm going to respond in a way that is a little bit more of care because something may be wrong with them you know you can get very detailed with it um, for your week for your year but the point and goal is to have a supporting statement for whatever you want to put out in the world and we had a wonderful experience with tina Today and I appreciate you being here with us, sharing your story. I'm glad that you had a positive outcome because it shows to other people that whatever they're going through, there is an, an another side to it that there is a possibility that you could actually win. Um, and you were intentional about doing that. It took you 27 days to accomplish some. Some it might be 60, sometimes it might be a year, but that's because of the effort um, that you may put into it and in your actual belief that it's going to happen for you. Believe in yourself, um, and so we're going to definitely have you back. I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. I enjoyed um, my time with you. And for everyone listening, until next time, hold on to you as much as you can. Hold on to your health, your being, and your mind. Be mindful.